You're listening to Paranormal Portal on Revolver Podcasts. everybody welcome to the paranormal portal podcast i hope you guys are having a wonderful night and thank you so much for tuning in and supporting all that we're doing here on the podcast it's uh been amazing you guys have been amazing out there uh checking us out and subscribing and downloading and um it's just a real real pleasure uh of course i'm your host brent thomas this is the paranormal portal podcast and uh once again special thanks to revolver podcast for making all this possible What you're about to hear next is kind of an unusual uh, situation. I was just at the studio desk um, working on some projects, and I, I saw that the call board lit up. Uh, now, usually, I only I only pay attention to the call board um, when I'm doing a live show or you know doing something with the show live. Uh, so it was really weird. But I thought, well, somebody called. Let me. Uh, let me look and see what the what this is all about. So I connected quick and then I answered the call. And the person calling me is like, Hi, I'm Damien and I got some stories for you. So <laughs> I was I wasn't uh, necessarily uh, prepared for that, but I thought, wow, that's really cool. Um so as per uh doing what any host would do, I hit record and uh it was the conversation was already a little bit underway but um so it kind of starts abruptly but it's really neat because uh he had he had seen the number from uh one of our postings and called in to share it and i have to tell you that this action in and of itself spawned the idea for me that maybe we need uh, a phone number that people can leave messages. Maybe they're a little stressed. Maybe they don't want to talk to me personally, uh, you know, for whatever reason, whether they're shy or just, you know, not sure what to think about about the situation. So 
uh, that has led me to start working on that. But at any rate, I hope you guys enjoyed this call. It was a really great uh, story and uh, experiences that he's had, and we had a great discussion about it as well. So um, I do have to uh, add in some of my parts because my microphone didn't record into this uh, impromptu recording. So it may sound a little bit odd, but it's just me punching in the things that I said to him on the call. So sit back, relax, and I hope you enjoy this. Over my years, um, and uh, one, one, one that stuck in my mind, what, you were talking about a girl who looked out her window and she thought he, she saw her friend walking uh, somewhere, but here her friend was still in the doorway. And then she described the girl. Yeah, she described the girl that had passed away, etc. Et when I was in seventh grade, I don't know if you've dealt with doppelganger kind of stories. But when I was in, I was, yeah, when I was in seventh grade, I was sleeping. Um, it was a school night and I was awoken by, uh, a noise in my hallway. When I looked, my mother was standing in my doorway and she didn't say anything to me. She just motioned towards me to come with her. I thought that was odd, but I got up and I followed her down the hall to her bedroom. And when we got to the doorway of her bedroom, her image disappeared. And I looked, and she was sleeping soundly next to my father in the bed. Wow, that is incredibly intense. All right. And, and, I, and usually, you know, doppelgangers are har- supposedly harbingers of woe or possibly the spirit of someone who's about to die. But that... That never happened. I mean, my mother's still alive. She's in her 70s. However, my family life declined rapidly through the years. And, uh, you know, there was always uh, some form of depression or some form of illness or some form of something not quite right within the family structure. Uh, You know, and it was just one of those things that has played on my mind that, you know, it was an actual experience that I had and it, you know, it was very bizarre. And, and I often think about, you know, what it could have meant, uh, in the grand scheme of things and, and things like that have fueled my interest in the paranormal through the years where I actually did some paranormal investigating for a while. And, you know, just, just to try to clarify my own experiences or give my own experiences some validity, you know? And I just wanted to share that with you guys, uh, that it was kind of a, you know, I was, I was about 11 years old, I guess, seventh grade. I'm not really sure how old you are then. It's been a long time, but um, just, just wanted to share that with you. If you've, had, if you've ever had any similar callers with similar experiences or, you know, anything of that nature, and, or your opinion on that. I find it really interesting, um, and, and you're right, the doppelgangers generally are considered, sorry, they're considered uh, a harbinger of, of a death. But interestingly enough, as you mentioned, um, that your parents did end up becoming divorced or separating or whatever. And perhaps the doppelganger could have been a symbol of that. And so maybe the death isn't always quite literal. Maybe it's a symbolic death, like the, you know, the death yeah. of that yeah. love. And that is 
you know, that's that some, is true. Yes. Yeah. It's something that really stuck out in my mind as, you know, well, perhaps that's another interpretation of it, you know? Sure. I mean, the, the whole, you know, the, the structure really, it came unglued slowly over the years. I mean, it, it took, uh, but everything seemed to be pretty much intact until that, that moment, which I thought was very, kind of telling and I always kept that you know I didn't I never explained to my mother and father well this is kind of why I think our family you know I I was warned at 11 years old because I saw your doppelganger you know I don't think my family would quite get it but (laughs) um yeah I mean things you know things have deteriorated to the point where I haven't spoken to my father in many many years my mother is like I said she's in her 70s she's well but not not too well you know the the psycho the, the psychological effects of the marriage and everything have paid a toll on her. You know, there's all these things that you know have come to light, and uh, it's it's interesting how how that worked out. You know, I think it's interesting as well that um, you, you know you you said that you ended up going with your mom, and the doppelganger that appeared yeah. was yeah. your mom, and I wonder if that wasn't kind of a foretelling of that event as well. Not only was there something changing or, or dying, but that you would go with her. Well, I, I'm a tarot reader. Okay. I've read tarot cards for 20 some odd years now. And it, it, it almost reminds me of the death card. Um, the death card doesn't always mean physical death. The death card means change or depending how it is in the spread, it could mean stagnation, you know, uh, and, and it's like, well, you know, maybe this is kind of related to that too, where it wasn't like you said, it wasn't actually a physical death, but there was some very difficult times coming and it was just like a warning for me. But yet at the same time, it was like, well, it's kind of vague and strange, but sometimes you wish that these things could be a little bit more specific when they're talking to you, you know? Yeah, I agree. And and it would be nice to have uh, a much more clearer validation. And honestly, I wish that everybody could have, you know, those, those kind of symbols and signs and, and things like that. But a lot of it's just left to our interpretations, you know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting that you bring that up too. I haven't thought of that, but that's, that's interesting. That's very interesting because yeah, that is a true, true story there. My, my father and I, uh, our relationship, you know, soon after, certain decisions were made that, that really put our relationship on the rocks. And, um, it's been, it's been very, very rocky throughout my, you know, my high school years, my, my college years and, and the rest of my life where me and my father are just not eye to eye. And now he's, um, he's actually lying on his deathbed in a nursing home. And my parents eventually did get divorced and he's lying on his deathbed right now. He's 82 years old, 81 years old in a nursing home and his, new wife, uh, you know, kind of the the, the legal stuff there, uh, she forbids me to see him. So I can't really get any kind of closure or reconciliation. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's weird how things like that work out. But the, the, the precursor to all this was a paranormal experience. In my own experience, I I have had a situation with uh, a loved one that was, you know, it was very, very strained relationship. And, and, uh, of course that person passed away. But, uh, you know, I think that they, sure. they, there's still chances for uh, healing and closure. Like for me, 
I seem to be experiencing oftentimes people coming in dreams. Like uh, the nice thing about that strained yeah. relationship was that uh, I did have a dream and, and it was an, an opportunity for amazing healing. So keep your eyes out for that. I, I will definitely because, you know, I mean, I believe that is incredibly valid. You know, I do believe that people do reach out and, uh, you know, uh, and that, that's, that's awesome that you experienced that. Uh, uh, cause a lot of times, you know, people, people never get that closure, you know, and, uh, that he reached out, you know, there was definitely always a connection there. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, I, I, again, I wish more people could have that cause it would make the grieving process so much more smooth. Yeah. Well, no, it, it, you know, it, it makes sense. I've had, um, you know, a best friend of mine passed away in, in 2019. And again, we were in, I'm a musician also, and we were in bands together growing up and we had a, we had a falling out over musical differences and we had seen each other one more time before his passing and we patched things up. And then I found out through the grapevine of his passing. And, uh, it's weird that I often, I often feel him, his presence and his presence is usually followed uh, by a song on the radio or a song somewhere that comes up that he and I performed at some point. So it's kind of like a, a verification maybe that, you know, Hey man, everything's cool. Remember this, you know what I mean? And, you know, I, I still believe that the spirit world does have a connection to us while we're here. And if we're open to it. And maybe they always show us symbols, but maybe we just don't pay attention or it doesn't get through to us. What's really going on. Sure. Sure. And sometimes, well, you're right. I mean, you know, we could be closed minded, but then those are the kind of experiences I guess that happen that we try to uh, pass off as coincidence. You know, you know, oh, that that means that does that's just a coincidence. But you know, in in the in the grand scheme of things, no, it, it really isn't. And maybe it's happening to wake you up to that reality. Yeah, I, I think this is amazing too. And you know, it's it's funny because I just saw the phone line light up, and I'm like, what's going on here? So uh, it's just really cool that you called, and and I really love hearing this story and and your your ideas about it too. It's just really powerful. Yeah, and actually, it's it's actually Night Terrors, uh, the episode seventy nine, Ghostly Encounter seventy nine that I was watching, and I figured, let me let me see if he's around. Let me see if I can just convey this little bit of a little bit of a story to him and see if he thinks it's uh, interesting or not. But um, yeah, man, I'm glad you glad you answered. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm thrilled I answered too. Um, you know, it's just one of those things. I guess it's it was just meant to be. But if anything more happens too, man, call me back. I want to hear about it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And and you know what, man, keep up the the work, the good work. Um, this is this is important. And with everything the way it is in the world today, people need to know that there's more. <laughs> yeah, brother, absolutely. But man, I hope you have a great day. Thank you so much for sharing this. And uh, reach out if you got more. Yeah, you too, man. Thank you for listening. You take care. Okay, everybody. I think it's time we got to take a break, so don't go away, and we'll be right back with more of the Paranormal Portal podcast in just a couple minutes. Hey guys, Brent Thomas here of the Paranormal Portal Podcast. We just wanted to take a moment to introduce you to the Paranormal Portal Store. 
We've got t-shirts, hoodies, leggings, stickers, mugs, you name it, you might find it over there. So head on over to teespring.com slash stores slash paranormal dash portal and you too can help fund the Paranormal Portal podcast. Thank you so much for all that you do and thank you for being a part of our Paranormal Portal family. everybody and we're back and we're back at it here on the paranormal portal podcast buckle up we're going in when i was a little girl i had an imaginary friend like most little girls do and i called her gina we would play together and and have fun and my mother never thought anything about it as her friends children had imaginary friends too But as I got into kindergarten and started getting more friends, I decided I didn't need her anymore. I remember telling her to leave, but she wouldn't. I would get so upset and tell my mother, and my mom would tell me to tell her to leave. But if she wouldn't, but if she wouldn't, she would come up herself and tell her to leave. I went upstairs to tell her, and I don't remember what I said exactly, but I knew she didn't leave. My mom came upstairs and told her to leave, but I told her she didn't. My mom just tucked me into bed and told me we would get we would do it again tomorrow. She bugged me the whole night keeping me up. I was so angry. Finally, after I ignored her, she left, and I was very happy and relieved. When I turned 18, I flew over to England to see my grandmother and other family. I was looking through one of my aunt's old family albums and came across this picture of this little girl. She looked really familiar, like I'd seen her before. I asked my aunt who she was, and she told me it was her cousin, who had died at the age of only eight years old. I asked her name, and she said, Eugenia. I was startled. I told her of my imaginary friend I had, and how how I called her Gina. My family is very spiritual, and said it was probably her cousin visiting me. When I returned to the States, I told my sister I didn't live with her when I was little because she lived with her father, and she said she had one, and she called her Gigi. And I also told my cousin, and she had one, who she called Boo, or E-U. I guess you, you. I don't know how you pronounce E-U, but um, we believe it was the same little girl who just wanted to meet us and play with us. We don't think it was a bad thing. We just, And when we think back, we realize it was a family member who just wanted to meet us. That's kind of a sweet story. <laughs> I think it's adorable. I don't know. I think it's it's pretty incredible when children can interact. They can have relationships to such a degree to have conversations to to you know interact on such a, a profound level that to them these imaginary children are real children, and perhaps they really are spiritually real. And they are just manifest that much more for children. I really envy that vision, that sight. That to me is just, has to be profound. I think it would be such a profound gift to be able to walk into a place, see the normal people, see the normal things, 
but also see the spiritual things. To me, that would be absolutely amazing. That I just think that's so incredibly powerful. And if you could have that dialogue with with these spiritual beings and share ideas and share thoughts and hear you know what their experience is, to me that would just be so profound, so absolutely amazing. So to all you psychics out there, I'm very envious. That's uh, an incredible gift. Um, you know, I, I realize sometimes uh, psychics say, well, they're not you know willing to talk about the you know certain things, and that's that's fine. I understand, and maybe it's because we're not ready for it, or we just wouldn't understand it if they tried. But I don't know that whole idea of sharing thoughts and sharing, you know, knowledge between you know two di- two very different states of being is just incredible. And maybe they give you the lottery numbers too. <laughs> hey, look ahead, you know, because time time doesn't really exist for the spiritual realm. So maybe they could look ahead and see what the lottery numbers are. I'm just saying that'd be really cool. Like some ancestor of mine that wants to, you know, make sure I'm okay. That would be a great idea. <laughs> so, all right, let me find another one quick here. Let's see what we can do. Ooh, this one sounds kind of cool. A dream that led me to an angry spirit, it says. Yeah, it's not too long. All right, I'll read this to you guys because just got all this love pumping, so let's keep keep going. About two weeks ago, and this again is from 2007, so when it says last night or whatever, these stories are old, but I I love all these stories, so they don't have to have happened last week to to be relevant. About two weeks ago, I had a dream that my daughter and I and my husband were in a house and we that we had apparently purchased. Um, I I might add that we weren't really looking to buy, and I was on the way back to the back. I was on the back patio rather to this old lady in my dream. What? I was on the back patio. Oh, talking to this old lady. And in my dream, I knew that she was a spirit, but a really nice one. When I explained that I was moving in, she no longer was in a present state where I could see her. And she was angry. And I would, I, I would yell at her to not throw things. She was very angry and threw a Christmas pine tree on my daughter. The doorbell rang, and so I answered it, and there were three men at the door with my cell phone and keys. The side of the house was beautiful brick pavers, and pine trees lined the walk. I asked the men, where did you get my phone? And they replied, down the block. My phone was broke, uh, only the screen was intact, and I knew I left it in the back patio area, and I, I hit the picture button on the phone to discover the horrible old lady's picture on it. This woke me up. The next night, I went to bed and had another dream. We purchased a house, and in the bedroom, there was a horrible entity that I couldn't see, only feel. And when I walked into the room, it would hold me back. Again, I woke up in an absolute sweat. Two days later, my husband received a phone call and had been secretly trying to surprise me about getting a mortgage to purchase a home. I was so taken back... I told him about my dreams, and for the next couple of days, I went looking for houses in historical Phoenix. I always loved the architecture, and we looked for about, at about 75 houses, but nothing really hit me. The day I went on my own, I was looking for a particular house and got lost. Going down the street, there was a speed bump, so I slowed down, and on the right-hand side, there was an old lady sitting in the middle of a wet 
empty lot petting a cat. My first thought was, oh, she's homeless. But why is she sitting in the middle of a dirt lot? To my left was a beautiful pink abandoned Victorian house. Wow, I thought. A, a Victorian house in the middle of Phoenix? I wondered if it was for sale and the gate was locked, so I climbed over. And going down the side of the house, there was a pine trees and a brick walk. And when I got to the other side, I felt an uneasy feeling. Really hard to explain. I felt really ill and scared, not remembering any of my dreams at this time. I started talking to the house. Okay, I'm leaving. I just wanted to see how beautiful you were. Running in my slippers out of the yard. Across the street next to the empty lot, there was three men. And I asked them if they knew about the house, and he replied, It's been empty for over 20 years. I asked if it was for sale, and he said, Nope, the old man lives down the block and occasionally comes up to hang a keep out sign. And I replied that it was strange, and I was writing him a letter to leave in the mailbox, and I told him of my interest and about the feeling I experienced and to please call me. Later on that day, my mother told me that my dreams had come true and to stay away from there. I brought my daughter back with me so I could take some pictures with my cell phone. Well, when I sent it to my computer, there she was, clear as a bell, the woman in the second, second floor window. Going to bed that night, of course, my mind was thinking, so in the next dream, I was in a pink Victorian house, and I kept tripping over this old lady with long hair, and she kept replying again next week. Then I woke up, wondering what does next week hold for me. And that's the whole story. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of a cliffhanger. I, I wish uh, I wish there was something about the next week now. But interesting story. And of course, we you know dream premonitions are not unusual. Um, some people have very profound premonitions in their dreams. Oftentimes, you know, that's when we're the most open. So a lot of things will come to us in our dream states because we are most receptive in that REM state or in that dream state. Okay, everybody, I think it's time we got to take a break. So don't go away and we'll be right back with more of the Paranormal Portal podcast in just a couple minutes. everybody and we're back and we're back at it here on the paranormal portal podcast buckle up we're going in so since i was small i've had an i've encountered different awkward situations that have no apparent explanations for instance i remember on one occasion where i was five years of five years of age and I used to live in a two-room apartment with my family and my grandfather. At that time, my father used to work early in the mornings, and my mom would wake up to prepare lunch. And in one occasion, my father had to work even earlier than usual, so he woke at around 3 in the morning. And I still remember my mother was in the kitchen when I woke up to the noise she was doing with the frying pan and the dishes she was using to make my dad's lunch. I woke up and went to the kitchen, and Mom immediately spotted me and asked me, what are you doing up? 
that is that it was too early for me to be up and told me to go back to bed. And I told her I didn't want to, and I wanted to help her. And she smiled and said, okay. Yet she later said that I couldn't help because I had no shoes on and to just sit on, down on the carpet. And so I sat and waited. And I just stared at my mom. As I was talking to mom and asking her questions on what she was doing because it smelled so good and I was getting hungry, I had the sudden feeling that someone was looking at me while I was sitting there on the carpet close to the kitchen entrance. I turned my head to the living room and everything was pitch black. This rush of cold air ran through my body and I decided to just shake it off and I turned back to see my mom and she was almost done and I was glad. Then all of a sudden, I felt that same feeling like if someone was looking at me and I turned my head to see again and saw nothing and everything was still dark and then with the moonlight, I managed to catch a glimpse of something standing in the doorway to the hall that led to the rooms and to the bathroom. Uh, I was little, but I knew that it wasn't normal. I just saw a shadow, no face, no color, just a black shadow. Now, as I'm writing this, I can still see him clearly. It was the shape of a, of a tall person, a man, and I could even distinguish the detail of his clothing, yet nothing had color. Everything was black. I rubbed my eyes to make sure I wasn't dreaming or just seeing things, and yet when I opened him again, he was still there. I just stood there in shock and trying to figure out who, who this was. I mean, I assumed it was my father, and yet I, I, I discontinued this idea for the reason that my dad was chunkier than this man. <laughs> uh, this figure standing in front of me was tall and thin and seemed to have some jeans and a T-shirt. And as I was looking at him, my mother noticed me looking at something. Then she asked me, what are you doing, honey? And I just stood there noticing this figure kneeling down to reach my height, yet he was still on the opposite side of me. I then responded to my mom that there was a man in the hallway, and she was still putting the finishing touches on my dad's lunch, so she didn't pay much attention, and the dark figure was there, kneeling and staring straight at me. As I stood there, looking at them, looking at him, he started motioning for me to go with him, or go to him, and he stretched out his right arm, and with his finger signaled me to go to him. At this moment, I got kind of afraid, and it seemed to me that he was smiling, but I couldn't really tell for all of him was just dark. But I had this feeling he was. I didn't move, and I just shouted back to my mom that this guy was telling me to go to him, and he was scaring me now. By this, my, by this time, my mom said, Who's staring at you, honey? <clears throat> Excuse me. When I turned around to tell my mom and tell her what that in the hall was the hallway someone was there, it must have been one minute or less. I looked back at the doorway and nobody was there. My mother also looked at the same time and she was like, Look, there's nothing there. She then turns the lights on and we went to see who was there, for she assumed it was just my older brother trying to play tricks on me, and she went to the bathroom or went to the to the room and my father was finishing getting dressed. And she and him, uh, she asked him if he was in the hallway, and he told both of us that he wasn't, that he was changing. And then she, she asked my brother if he had left the room, um, and he was unaware of the situation. Uh, and my dad responded uh, with, 
I don't understand that. Yet unaware of the situation, my dad responded with that my brother had been sleeping the whole time. Okay, so the dad answered. My mother seemed to have had to have a worried face and then went to my grandfather's room to see if by any chance it had been him. His door was locked, and if he would have come out, we all would have heard his door. Well, it seemed my mother didn't have any reason for what just uh, happened and told me to cuddle in the bed with her and go to sleep. After that, everything was forgotten. But ever since that day, I have seen more shadows and heard weird noises. And now, 24, and to this day, I usually don't tell anyone what I saw or heard, but because they would just brush it off and uh, saying, there you go with your ghost. But it is, it is, it's, I mean, kids are open, ladies and gentlemen. Kids can see these things so much easier than we can. They just don't have the layers of, of junk that, that we have. <laughs> so, wow. That is just amazing. But cool story. I like that one. And, you know, even though it wasn't really a terrifying story, it was just odd. And what is this? Is this a malevolent spirit or is it just a shadowy spirit? Now, I assume it really wasn't a dark, evil kind of spirit because I really believe that we just have a natural barometer. We can just feel when something is evil. We can just feel it. I don't know. I know I certainly believe I can. I mean, you just catch that weird vibe or something's just not right. Something's off. And this kid said he saw the guy standing there for a while and, and then kneeling down and stretching out his hand and just kind of beckoning, hey, come here. And uh, he had the feeling he was smiling. But, you know, when he started calling him over, that's when the kid started getting uncomfortable, like, wait, you know, you're, you're, <laughs> you're wanting me to get closer and I'm not really sure what the hell you are. So that's when the kid's red flags went off, not when he saw the creature or the being or the, you know, the person, whatever it was. Uh, it was when it was beckoning to him that he became uncomfortable. Well, hell, my three-year-old would become uncomfortable as any stranger beckoned him over too. And it doesn't have anything to do with that being dark or evil. So, I don't know. I just think it was somebody that was there, happened to be passing through. And I thought found that it was interesting what Jeffrey was saying, and that's been a theory of mine as well. So it was neat to hear him corroborate that, that you know some spirits will haunt several houses in a night. They'll stop through several houses in a night. They're not just because you have experiences there doesn't mean that's where it's staying. I think that's really interesting. So, but cool story. So the question is, where are they staying? <laughs> and I don't know. That's the weird thing. Do they have to have an earthly spot where they stay? And, or maybe they just always wander day and night. Who knows? All right, getting home from my cousin's house, I went straight to my room to talk on the phone. I was cleaning up my closet when I felt this weird presence. So I turned around and I found one of my collectibles. My little pony dolls floating up in the air. Then it floated across the room and smashes itself into my wall. <laughs> Somebody's not real fond of ponies. <laughs> I was so surprised that I ran downstairs screaming for my dad. A couple of months went by without having any repeats of that incident, but all of a sudden... Every night, starting at about 11 o'clock until about 3 a.m., I started hearing these weird noises. I would hear footsteps uh, coming up and down the stairs, and then it's running sounds, and then it sounds like it crashes into something out there because all you hear is a big thud. It'll be, I'll be in my room changing the voicemail on, the, on my cell phone, and when I replay it, 
I can hear voices in the background trying to talk to me, telling me to get out of their house. Later on, me and my cousin got out of school early one day and went to the house to have a bite to eat. So we were in my room, and we all heard someone open the door downstairs and start walking up the stairs. Since I have a dog, it started freaking out for absolutely no reason. Well, maybe it's freaked out because it heard the steps too. It started barking a lot, but its bark sounded as if it was crying of fear. Then it yelped as if someone had hit it. Ooh. The footsteps reached my door and started trying to get into my room, but couldn't because my door was locked. All, all, of, us, uh, saw, all of us saw my door handle moving around, and we heard this low, eerie whistle. When my cousin used her cell phone to call her boyfriend to, pick us, to come pick us up, while the call was connecting, the, a voice showed up telling us to leave now, get out of their house. We just hung up. The house got really cold, even though the heater was on, and we called her boyfriend uh, one more time, and he answered, and we asked him to come pick us up, and he did, and we both went running down the stairs, and we passed a room, and my cat was in there with his tail all puffed up. We tried getting out of, out of the house, but the door wouldn't open. Finally, it did open, and we left. So far, there are still weird noises, and we are in the process of getting our house blessed, hoping that this unwanted presence finally leaves our house. Yeah, that's tough. That's a tough one. <laughs> For some reason, this, this being is very territorial about this house, and uh, it definitely is not a good situation. Um, I think it's, you know, I, I know Jeffrey's not a big fan of living in concert with things. That kind of stuff doesn't bother me, and I and maybe it's because in, for so many years, I have lived around what I believe were, were spiritual presences. So it really doesn't bother me that they might be there. I don't know. I just kind of consider them a roommate. But I understand what he's saying when he was on the show and said, you know, you don't know who these people are. You don't want them in your house. And, and that's true. But I, I don't know. I, I really just trust my intuition. And if I, if I feel like something's dark, I'll, I'll sage and, and uh, do frankincense and go through the house doing blessings and and uh, you know different uh, different things like that to push it out, and I haven't had any problems after that. But if something doesn't feel that dark, horrible feeling like that residue feeling, then it doesn't bother me because it's like okay, we can come to terms with this. This is not a malevolent spirit; it's just a spirit that's here. So you know that's when I I just state what I'm okay with and what I'm not okay with, and if they're willing to live there under those circumstances, that's great. So. And I really haven't had many problems. I, I don't believe I have. I've had a lot of experiences, but again, not a lot of problems. But again, I think it's really important, you know, whether or not you like to live with them or not, if you're okay with it, just lay down your rules. You know, claim your space, claim your, claim your home. And if they want to be in it, great. If they, do, if they don't want to be in it because they can't abide by those rules, then they got to get the hell out. <laughs> you know, that's just it. So anyway... Um, but very cool story again. All right. Here's another one. This one's not real long, but this happened just last night. And this is still 2007, so it wasn't just last night. But it started around 8 or 8.30 at night, and my other half had just dozed off and started snoring while laying on the couch asleep. My 13-year-old son and I had just begun watching a show called The Hollow. 
H A L L O W. <clears throat> Excuse me. All of a sudden, we began hearing knocks that were like someone someone was hitting a piece of wood or a board. And by spacing the knocks out about two or three seconds apart, we both jumped and looked at each other and started laughing. About five minutes later, talking it over, we returned to watching our movie. After about 15 minutes, I felt the urge to go to the bathroom, and I took care of my business. And upon coming back to the living room, suddenly we heard a noise from behind me in the bathroom where I'd just come from. <laughs> okay, that's creepy. My son just looked at me so seriously and said, just think you were in there with that. <laughs> of course, after checking that out and finding nothing, I felt loads of cold chills. About an hour later, I was returning to the scene of the crime, and I just got out of my chair, made a quick left to return to the bathroom. When my son let out a drawn-out, I quickly turned back around to see what was happening when he asked, did you see that? I asked what he saw, and he described a fluorescent orb the size of a softball. Later, I see a smaller one the size of about a quarter with a tail streaming behind it. This all went on for several hours and then just stopped as suddenly as it had started. The reason I called this once hit is about three months ago, my son was sleeping on the couch, and when he comes running into our room saying, Mom, come here now, and he said he had covered his head because of noises that was suddenly and was suddenly hit really hard on the arm and then and had a, a sudden bruise to prove it. So that sounds pretty, um, pretty, well, I mean, if it's striking somebody, that's extraordinarily aggressive and that's not good. Still not good. So that one would, <laughs> would definitely be qualified to uh, get the hell out. The next one is, um, once I lived in this house in a small town in Maine. It was an older house, and I don't know uh, any of the history of the house, but I most likely never will either, but it was an older house, and we had a basement and four rooms. The usual old house style, the kitchen is where most of the abnormal activities would take place. Our front door had an entrance. Our front door had an entrance. Okay with another door, a heavy wooded door, and a glass window. The, the way the door sat, you would have to push hard to open it, and then you would be able to, you would be in a small porch type, which led to the front door. Quite often, the front door would swing open, but yet the outside door would remain closed. You could sit in the living room and watch our kitchen light turn on and off. The kitchen light we had was an old-fashioned one, it had a fluorescent bulb with a metal pull string, and once you pulled the string, it came on. Well, my mom put a piece of yarn on to the metal string so us kids could reach it, and you could actually watch that string being pulled. This happened every night, and we got used to it pretty quickly. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's pretty profound. And I always assumed that the presence was an old lady, and so did my family. We have no idea why. We just felt like it was an old lady. Us kids would go to bed with our windows open and our blankets off because in the middle of the summer, it gets really hot, and when we wake up, our windows would be closed and bundled up in blankets. And now, we had talked to my parents about it often, and they said that we were at that age, so they didn't even need to really check on us. And so it wasn't my parents, and we were never frightened by any of this. 
It all became normal, even to our friends. But one day, I'll never forget any of this. My mom would, my mom went to to go turn on the kitchen light, with the yarn on the end of it, and she went to turn it on, and she was shocked so bad, it dropped dropped her to her knees. I really am not sure, but I am almost positive that you cannot get electrocuted by yarn. A while after that, we moved. We just figured that. She liked to play with us, and it seemed like she liked to tease us. <laughs> I'm gonna, what a great joke. I'm going to electrocute you until you're on your knees. <laughs> That's not really funny, is it? All right, guys, thank you so much for joining us here on tonight's show. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Please feel free to follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Paranormal Portal Radio, as well as finding us on Twitter. We're on Twitter at Paranormal Portal, P-O-R-T-L, and uh, we'd love to have you stop by our YouTube page and subscribe and check out our shows there. we got hundreds of shows in our, uh, our, our vault of <laughs> journeys into the Paranormal Portal. So I hope you'll check it, check it out, guys. We're over there at YouTube.com slash Paranormal Portal. So hope to see you guys soon. Uh, we'll be back, of course, for more podcasts in the coming days. So uh, stay tuned. But we love you all. Be good, be kind, be nice. Take care of each other. Help each other out. Find the magic in every day and remember to laugh as much as you can. Take care, everybody. <laughs>